Good morning, Austin, Texas. It's a beautiful day, March Tuesday. That's all I know. It's March Tuesday. I'm not really sure what day it is today. It's either the 19th or the 20th. Oh, you know what? It's the 20th because my mom got into town yesterday. Uh, That was exciting. My mom just came back into town from Minnesota, so we're very excited to have her. Um, It's always good to have to have mom in town and so I'm really excited about that. Aside from that, today, Tuesday, uh, we have a closing at 10 a.m. that I'm really excited about. I showed up to work and realized that I forgot her closing gift and I forgot my belt. So I'm on my way back now to, to collect those things and get back to the office as quick as possible so that we can get ready for that closing. But the podcast today is is going to be centered around uh, credit. Your credit score, what is the lowest credit score that a person can have in order to qualify for a mortgage and and what they can do to get to that point or what they can do to get to a better point because we don't necessarily want to be at the floor, right? We don't want to be at the lowest credit score possible. We want to be at the highest point possible to get the best pricing and we're going to talk about that. I'm also going to talk about other other factors that come into play when it comes to credit score because most people just imagine that it's the interest rate that drives all of the decision making and that drives all of the uh, all of the important numbers in relationship to getting a mortgage and that's not always the case so we'll talk about other things that are affected by your credit score and. I think we'll also talk about understanding how your credit score will dictate what type of loan program you want to be in or you need to be in. So those are the main, I guess, anchor points of this podcast. And I think whether you're you know, in a bad spot and you're trying to improve your credit or whether you're in a great place and feel really com- confident and comfortable about where you are, I think it's going to be valuable to everyone because as as an example, I, I was very confident and I was very excited about where my credit was. I was looking forward to buying a house in October and we found a home recently that we were very excited about. So I decided to run my credit because I thought, hey, I better get ready because we might put an offer in on this house. Well, it turns out my credit score was nowhere near what I thought it was going to be. I mean, not even close. I was on Credit Karma, uh, I think, seven. it was a 790. I think I got to eight, the low 800s, 807, somewhere around there. And around the same time I pulled my, my mortgage credit, this was only, I don't know, about a month ago, three weeks ago maybe. So from a 790-ish on Credit Karma, my mortgage credit score came out to be a 707. So 90-point loss, how does that happen? It was incredible. I was, I was shocked. I was really disappointed. I couldn't understand how that could happen because I felt like I'd been doing such a great job of of monitoring my credit and taking care of you know taking care of everything that I needed to take care of I was making sure everything was getting paid on time and that everything was being done 
exactly the way it needed to be. Well, it turns out not quite as well as I'd imagined or hoped. 707, there it was staring at me in the face. So when I start looking at my mortgage credit report, I start seeing that, you know, they're looking pretty deeply into a person's credit score. Uh, I can see that I had a 30-day late payment back in 2011. I think it was 2011 that was on there. There is a medical collection that was on there as well from 2015 that, by the way, was paid in full. I, I made sure to call that hospital and and asked them whether it was going to go hit my credit because I was paying it in full and they said no and I paid it in full and lo and behold where does it show up it shows up on my collections on my credit score fantastic so now I'm in a place where I have to I have to work on getting those things removed either with a, a a credit repair company or with Myself, calling those places and asking them to remove those negative marks from from my credit score. So that's a task in and of itself that's going to take me some time. Thankfully, I'm not in a rush right now necessarily to buy a house. But what's important to understand about this is that I got ahead of this problem early enough that I can fix it. I have plenty of time to get this taken care of before I'm actually you know, putting an offer on in a house and, and letting this credit score affect the deal that I'm going to get overall. Now imagine I'm in a bind and I decide that, you know what, I don't want to run my credit because I don't want it to hit my credit. This is bad for me. Uh, I don't want to know anything about it until I'm ready to put in an offer. So let's say I would have done that and I'm a month away from having to move out of my place, having to buy a new, a new home. And I find out that I'm at 707 when all the while I've been thinking I'm at least a 790. So that would be a really terrible spot for me to be in. And that's exactly what I want all of you to avoid. Don't be afraid of running your credit. Stop it. Get over it. If you're thinking about buying a home, that is, you have to start there. It drives everything that we do. Whether it be your interest rate, your, the type of loan program, the mortgage insurance, so many things are hinging off of that credit score and the information on that report. It is not the same as Credit Karma. It is not even remotely close as a consumer credit report. You need to get your mortgage credit pulled if you're thinking about buying a home. Whether it is six months from now or next week it needs to happen so that at the very least you know what you need to do to plan accordingly okay so what is the credit floor then you've pulled your credit you find out what it is but you want to know is it good enough So I can tell you right now that the floor or the lowest score that you could have to still qualify for a mortgage, at least with our company and every company, every lender is going to have slightly different qualifications. I've never heard of anyone having a lower floor, but it is possible. Lenders that are out there listening, please feel free to 
chime in, send me a message. I'd love to share information. Um, but our credit floor is a 580. So a person could be looking for a home and specifically looking to qualify for an FHA loan, have a score as low as a 580 and still get approved. But what's important to understand in that situation is that that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good place to be, right? Your credit score and your interest rate are tied together. They're, they go hand in hand. So the lower your interest rate, or I'm sorry, the lower your credit score is, the worst off you're going to be when it comes to your credit score, right? I mean, it makes sense. You're essentially, you're essentially telling the lender, the bank, you're, you're letting everybody know how reliable or how risky you are as a borrower with your credit score. If I'm looking at someone's credit score and they're at a 580 or they're really low on the spectrum, then that that is identifying that borrower as a risky borrower. That's another layer of risk that we're adding to the profile. So the interest rate is almost always going to be much, much higher than you know a standard interest rate at the 700, low 700 range, even mid 600 range. You're looking at a much, much higher interest rate if you're talking about trying to just barely qualify with a 580, 585. So what we have to do is, as a lender and as an agent is educate our clients, educate you about whether or not qualifying at a 580 makes sense to you and whether it's something that you want to do. Because you could also always consider, well, I have a 580, but it's because all of my credit cards are maxed out. I want to address those credit cards, improve my credit score, and and then come back and apply or move forward with a better credit profile and a better rating so I can get better interest rates, etc., and more options. That's another way to go. But we might also have a client or you yourself might be in a, in a situation where you say, you know what, I don't care about all that right now. I don't care about the interest rate. I'm not that concerned with that. All I need to do is secure this property um, because I need to. Whatever your situation in life is, you just happen to be in a situation where none of that matters. You need to secure the property now. That's great. Well, we can do it. We can do it at 580 and up. Another thing to consider are the additional overlays that will exist when you are when you are qualifying with that with that type of credit score. So when you have a 580 um, or in this case below a 620, maybe that's a better marker to use. With our company, you will have to provide what are considered compensating factors. And those compensating factors are basically saying, "Hey man, I think we all, you know, we know what the truth is here. There's there's a pretty bad history." a pretty low credit score it could be happening for xyz reason but we need you to show us a few factors a few compensating factors that are essentially saying hey i'm cool i can i can handle this i can handle this loan um and i and i deserve to be trusted with this responsibility of paying off this mortgage and those can be a bunch of different things we have a list of compensating factors some of them are taking a home buyer's education course 
some of them could be another one could be you showing a 12-month history of no late payments on your rent uh, we would we would request that from your landlord or for from the company that you're renting from there are a lot of different compensating factors that we can use but generally speaking when we're dealing with a person that has a a lower credit score we have to provide compensating factors for that person so a couple of things to think about just to summarize is can can you close on a home with a low credit score absolutely what you have to ask yourself is do I want to does it make sense for me or do I want to wait is it better for me to wait um, and then also will I be able to provide those compensating factors to make sure that our home closes remember that when we're when we're trying to figure out if you're pre-approved or when you're when we're going through that process we're doing only that always remember that your pre-approval is exactly that a pre-approval not a final approval and the only person that can get us to a final approval approval is our underwriter and one of the first things I can tell you they're gonna do when they see that 580 credit score is is they're gonna start looking for compensating factors or when they see a credit score that's below 620 at least with our company they're gonna start asking for compensating factors if we don't have that compensating factor or factors we could be in trouble and so and so to say that anyone can close that's below 620 I think would be you know would be misleading because that's not necessarily the case so we have to make sure that we educate our clients educate ourselves on what our real options are it's always going to be a case-by-case -case, uh, basis when you're dealing with someone um, with a lower credit score and the fact of the matter is that 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 exists almost in every case even when people have a 640 or a 650 there could be things that exist on the credit score that that can jeopardize a final approval if we have someone that has a 640 but they have $10,000 worth of collections and we have to add those collections to their debt to income as a percentage of their monthly debt well that person could fall out of qualification for a final approval so that's another thing that we have to consider credit is unfortunately a mystery in the mortgage industry it's a it's a mystery anywhere because there's no there's no place on the planet where you're gonna find a breakdown of the exact formula that they use to get you your credit score right I mean it's always some sort of strange general idea well the age of your history the uh, the number of on-time payments you know they give you a general idea of what helps improve but there's nowhere that says doing this gives you this many points or doing that gives you X amount of points um, so we always have to make sure that we we understand that and that when when we pull someone's credit it's not just going to be the number but it's going to be a subjective review of that person's situation um, and I hope that helps I hope that I know it's it's really general and it's not necessarily specific information but unfortunately that is that is much of the reality is that it's gonna be a subjective review of that individual person and their situation
Okay, so now we have to get on to what does this all mean to me? Why is this important? Why is my interest rate so important in all of this? And what effect does it really have? What are the tangible, tangible differences? And I can tell you that the first one obviously is going to be interest rate. I, I did a comparison a month or so back for a, a class that I taught. And I did a comparison between a person that had a 620 credit score and a 760 credit score. And for FHA, the person with a 620 had a 4.625 interest rate quoted, and the person with a 760 was at a 4.375. And this was when interest rates were kind of uh, falling apart there in, I want to say it was mid to late January of this year. Respectively, for the conventional option, the person with the 620 was at a 4.875, and the person with the 760 was at 4.375. Now, these are buyers that are hypothetical buyers, but that were all based off of the same exact scenario, just different credit scores, a 620 or a 760. And what you could see when you make that comparison is that the person with the 620 was better off going with an FHA loan on a monthly basis than the person with the 760, right? Um, or what I mean to say by that is, is that the person with the 620 was better off going FHA than conventional, but the person with the 760 was better off going conventional than FHA. So your credit score is going to drive not only the interest rate specifically, but the program that you're likely to be better off with. And the reason for that is because of a little X factor that people don't talk about enough. And that's your mortgage insurance. Now, when you buy a home, if you go conventional, you are required to pay a monthly premium on your mortgage insurance or you're required to, to have mortgage insurance in some way or another if you have not paid 20% down on the purchase. So anything less than 20%, you have to have mortgage insurance one way or the other. So this example for this person with the 620 shows that that person would be paying $512 a month in mortgage insurance. Why? Because your mortgage insurance is directly tied into the amount that you put down on the home and your credit score. So a person that has a 620 credit score and is paying 3% down is going to pay somewhere between 2.25 and 1.81%, or I should reverse that, somewhere between 1.81% and 2.25% in mortgage insurance on a monthly basis. So essentially you take, essentially what that means is you take the loan amount, you multiply it by 1.81% and you divide it by 12, that's your monthly rate. So essentially what that comes down to on a house that's $350,000 with a 3% down payment and a loan amount of $339,000, it comes out to $512 of mortgage insurance a month simply because the credit score is bad. Right, we're talking about a 620 credit score. That's not a bad credit score, it's just not a great one. As an example, that same exact person, if they had a 760, would be paying $124 a month on mortgage insurance off of a 0.44% monthly mortgage insurance premium. That's really important because it drives everything. You're looking at two completely different situations. 
Situation 1 conventional loan at 620 total payment $2,875. Option number two, being a conventional buyer at 760 credit score, $2,386. It's a huge difference. And it's all, for the most part, driven by that credit score. So it's driving not only the interest rate specifically, but also the type of program because of the amount of mortgage insurance that you'd be paying. So a person to me that has that credit score, a 620 credit score, I might talk to them about going FHA because the cool thing about FHA, if you have a lower credit score, is that the amount of monthly mortgage insurance you pay is limited to 0.85%. So you can't pay any more than 0.85% mortgage insurance on your FHA loan, which is great. So if I look at those two apples to apples comparison, or I'm sorry, if I look at those two options in an apples to apples comparison, FHA and conventional, both of them being at 620, we're looking at mortgage insurance on the FHA loan at 243 and mortgage insurance on the conventional loan at 512. The total payments come down to 2577 for the FHA and 2875 for the conventional loan. I mean, it's, it's a huge difference. And what's important is not necessarily to make those decisions for my client, but rather just educate them and show them, look, this is the difference between these two programs. I feel like this is probably the best way to go from a cash flow perspective, but what, what do you feel about this and what way do you want to go? Um, knowing all of this is important because you need to know when you're looking at purchasing a home, one, do I qualify for FHA? Do I also qualify for conventional? And which of these two loans is the better way for me to go based off of the credit score that I have and what that means to all of the added pieces of my mortgage? Those are all things that I want you all to consider. The credit score is vastly important. So you can't just sit around and wait to find out what your credit score is when you finally decide that you want to pull a trigger and purchase a home. If you feel like you're a month away, two months away, hell, if you feel like you're six months away and you have no freaking clue what the hell your credit score is or what you need to be doing, you need to start an application and you need to get ahead of this problem so that you have enough time to address any of the issues that may or may not come up. Trust me, you will be thankful. It's a lot like going to the doctor, right, to do your, your annual exam. Nobody wants to do it. I don't want to go see the doctor and hear that I have high, high cholesterol. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that my weight is 225. Um, so instead of going and addressing the problem, I'll just not go. And that's what a lot of our clients do. That's a lot. That's what a lot of you will do. And, and I'm telling you, don't do it. Find out what needs to happen so that you can start addressing the problem or preparing for your purchase well in advance. <clears throat> and I would say that the <clears throat> I'd say that the next step from from there is figuring out okay, well what do I do? I pulled my credit, I found out this is what it is. And I want to know if there's anything that I can do. Well, depending on which mortgage company you're working with, um, <clears throat> you may have different options available to you. So one of the really cool things that we can do is do what's called a rescore or sometimes a credit supplement. And essentially what it is, it's like an on-the-spot update of your current credit. 
So let's say, for example, we pull your credit, it's low because we see that your credit utilization is way too high. Your cards are close to close to max, maxed out. Let's say you got like 80% um, utilization on your credit cards. But when we look at your report, you start noticing that, hey, you know, I already paid that card off or that card is not that high. It should be this or I can pay this down today. I have enough in savings. I'm willing to pay this and this and this off. If there are changes that we can make on the spot or that that aren't accurate, then we can request a, a supplement or a rescore based off of those updates or changes. It usually takes about five days, I would say, for us to get the appropriate paperwork. We have to verify that the account balances are what you are what you are um, reporting. So we'd have to get a hold of those those uh, companies and ask for an account balance to show what your true balance is. We would then submit those to the credit bureaus for a rescore or a supplement, and it would update your score. So we could jump from, you know, as an example, a 620 or a 630 to a 650 or a 660 in in the matter of you know four or five days potentially if if we're lucky instead of having to wait months for that score to get updated. So. Those are advantages that a bona fide mortgage company can provide that that another company, a bank, for example, a larger depository bank may or may not provide that option. And and to be honest with you, I don't know. I have no idea what larger banks provide their their clients, but I know that it's something that we can do here um, with my company. And definitely something that I would encourage you guys to take advantage of if you feel like... um, you would like to improve your credit quickly and and move forward through the process. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I think that that for the most part covers most of the things I, I wanted to talk with you about. There's, there's just so many different ways that we can take this conversation and every single one of you is in a different place. What I would say is just to keep in mind that There's always a way to develop a plan. There's always something that we can do to help guide you in the right direction. I don't want any of you guys right now that are sitting at your house or or sitting uh, in your apartment and thinking, you know, this is, I mean, I know this is all great and um, there are options, etc. But it's just not, it's not going to work for me. I know I'm too far gone. Uh, There's nothing I can do. Stop. Stop talking to yourself like that. Stop feeling sorry for yourself and figure out a freaking plan because I promise you there's one out there and it may not be in a month. You know, we may not get it figured out in a month. It might take us a few months. Maybe it's two or five or six. It may take a year. I've got some clients right now that are on a year long, two year long plan because there are a lot of things that have to happen sometimes. But the longer you wait to figure out or to make that decision, that it's time to start figuring out your plan, the further away you're going to be from actually realizing the goal. If you're you're thinking that you want to buy a home, you need to start planning. There's no pressure to buy now. There's only the understanding that if you don't have a plan and you don't understand the the reality of your situation, it it could potentially... puts you just in a really bad place down the road. So start asking questions, start figuring out where you are right now so that you can figure out where you need to be or where you want to be in the future and how, how long it's going to be for you to get there. I hope this helped. If you have any questions about credit, 
Uh, please email me. Please send me texts. Send me messages. There's so much to talk about that sometimes, man, I just lose my mind having a conversation about it with myself. I need somebody else to talk to so that this conversation doesn't go off the rails. But hope you enjoyed it. Hope it was helpful. Stay tuned. On Friday, I will be joined by um, a good friend of mine, Rachel Bennett. She is a realtor over at uh, Keller Williams. And we're going to be talking about a, a few different fun topics. So I hope that you guys are ready to listen in to that. All right, guys, have a great week and I will talk to you soon. Bye.